a long time ago on a comics page far, far away. Greetings and welcome to May the Panel Be With You, the Star Wars comic book podcast brought to you by the Punch-Up Entertainment Network. I am your humble host, Mike Argoni, and joining me, as always, the old man who suddenly disappears when I cut him in half to my Darth Vader, it's John Campbell. Hello, everybody. Oh boy, we're still in the manga era here, or manga eras being a uh, section portion of the podcast let's say mm-hmm. uh yeah we are covering the manga star wars tangent. manga adaptation of a new hope uh we are on issue number three right now um and we are still in it like you say uh due to podcast time travel uh we've never not been in it i guess i don't know what anyone was talking about we just picked up from where we were last issue right issue two <laughs> Yes, of course. Of course, John. Yeah, no time has passed, no locations have changed. Everything <laughs> is exactly the same as it's always been. Uh, to our keen-eyed YouTube watchers, they may notice some differences in the background of a certain John Campbell. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah, we we took a, a, a brief hiatus so that you could move. <laughs> yeah, I moved up one floor in my apartment building, and uh, it was a lot harder than it seemed. <laughs> Just move upstairs. <laughs> okay. How foolish we all were. Yeah. Um, but yes, we are covering issue number three of the Star Wars and New Hope manga adaptation. This was released in theory in October 14th, 1998. Again, I say in theory because a lot of our information about the release orders of these uh, particular books and even <laughs> who created them is a little well, bit sketchy. Yeah, the manga series is so mysterious. All the background on it is so like, well, I guess maybe this person, is it one person? Is it a bunch of people? Impossible to know. <laughs> right. Mysterious. Uh, but we uh, are still covering it. We have uh, art and interiors by Hiseo Tamaki. Whether that is one person or a group of people, we do not know. They're literally, we're still waiting for anyone to tell us because we have absolutely no idea. Uh, but we've got letters and arts, art retouches, as they say, by Tom Orzakowski, and we've got right. covers by Adam Warren and Joseph White. Is Orzakowski just Americanizing it? Is that the idea? I, I think Orzakowski is the guy who's uh, probably doing the translating and is probably doing the whole flipping, like mirroring of the images, which we've right. been seeing. Um, right. And whatever, probably lettering touch-ups in terms of like replacing yeah. Japanese sound effect words with... Well, didn't Orzakowski do the lettering for the uh, the 70s book? Um, At least for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a name we know from our past comics as well, mm-hmm. so... But yeah, let's let's dive in here more... Yeah, speaking of old men about to get cut in half, the cover here, we have our uh, epic confrontation between Vader and Obi-Wan. I think this has been, this is my favorite of the covers we've seen so far. This is really, it's very exciting. I like the, uh, I mean, some it's oft mocked that lightsaber duel in A New Hope. This one, this though, because it really is very simple in its choreography. Uh, this really adds an intensity to it. I love the sparks. I love the the light trails of the blades. 
Yeah, I mean, we have often noted how the original Star Wars is limited in certain ways. As revolutionary as a film as it is, oh, um, yeah. its place in the Star Wars canon, everything else has to sort of flex around it in order to right. make up for the uh, limitations of that film. And I think that goes for basically every Star Wars film, right? Like, all of canon <laughs> descends to try to warp itself around George Lucas's uh, bad dialogue or limit or technological limitations. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, it is the thing about Star Wars, right? Is like, you've got to wait five to ten years for something to be made. I mean, look at the prequels, right? It's like, oh man, only now do we see the positives of them because we had to dig through all the negative surface stuff. And you're like, oh wait, look, there's like there's like a story in here. <laughs> so one of the things that is always like built up in adaptations and even like people going as far as to recreate whole sections of the film is the Obi-Wan Darth Vader duel and how in the movie it is like stilted and kind yeah. of slow and Yeah, but it's like you it's you you're seeing the the Shakespeare production of Macbeth or whatever and you're watching the 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 lightsaber duel is that i mean it really does feel like a, a limited old man and a guy in a suit he can't move in so they're doing the best they can right and years later we would get our flippy dippy uh cartoon actions of the prequels to kind of like really inform what a lightsaber duel could well, be because, at yeah, its even, upper limits even, even if those even, are a little too extreme sometimes yeah because i was gonna say even when you go to empire and jedi where the choreography is certainly uh, upped quite a bit in terms of its like uh, intensity. Uh, those still feel stilted in comparison to what the prequels are doing, which are completely insane. Yeah, and I think there have been things since then that have found like a good middle ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, there's definitely been a conscious decision uh, from a lot of the filmmakers to get, and I think we've we've seen that in a lot of the Disney Plus shows in both Obi Wan and now Ahsoka. I feel like. Uh, I, I'm seeing what I think of as 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 what I really want a lightsaber duel to look like. Yeah, uh, say what you will about the sequel trilogy, but like they do have some pretty good lightsaber duels in those as well. Dude, I think one of the best ones ever is in uh, Last Jedi, which is the the throne room battle totally. against the Praetorian Guard. I think is is you know very high up on my list of lightsaber fights. Uh, but yeah, let's dig deeper into this issue. We get our opening credits. We get our credits credits. Uh, we get a bunch of pages just letting us know that like, hey, this is Star Wars. Also, it has been uh, visually compromised because of yeah. the translation process. Yeah. And, and like, like we were saying, like 90% of the time, that's okay. And then every once in a while you come to a panel where you're like, wait, what? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Long time ago, Galaxy Far, Far Away, we have our big opening splash page, as we've had a few times. Uh, Very cool. I don't think the art inside the letters has... I mean, it, it is changing slightly. I haven't really been clocking all the differences, but I know it has yeah. been shifting around. Yeah, I mean, you've got Obi-Wan in the Death Star there, right? I don't think we had that with the background before. Although, to be fair, once again, if we were better podcasters, we would <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, get into it, because last we left our heroes, they had arrived on the Death Star, and they mm -hmm. were uh, smuggling themselves past the Imperials. Uh, we had Indeed. Darth Vader in the end of the last issue being, I have not, a presence I have not felt since, and then here we are picking back up with Darth Vader, this tall, imposing, almost love. like living shadow of a figure. Yeah, I was going to say, I love the like ink wash on, uh, on Vader, the way he... 
like is a head and shoulders and then just kind of melts into this shadow. It's very cool and evocative. Um, even like the the features of his helmet are like dark and then it light it comes out, but it's got darker, harsher shadows. So even the face of his helmet is is scarier in this, you know. Yeah, I love the interpretation of Vader we've gotten the whole time in this yeah. book. It's that's really, been really one good. of the big strong suits here. So they've got the Imperials checking the ship. They're scanning, and then we get a uh, the classic sequence them popping up from the floor. Han getting I never thought I have to smoke on myself line. Here's where once again some of the manga, you know, touches are a little much for me. <laughs> that Luke. <laughs> Luke Skywalker is very panicked. Yeah, and uh, some of the expressions, especially in this next page, when we have Obi-Wan giving the who's the more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him, is just yeah. like, yeah, it's a little cartoony, it's a little silly. We have that expression from, I do like the expression from Han behind him when he delivers that line of just like, ugh, this guy. Yeah, that's it, but... <laughs> Yeah, suddenly his eyes just turn into little dots when he's doing... It's a weird take on on that line, who's the more foolish? And he's like, mm, who's the more foolish? Mm-hmm. I think that's an interesting read on Obi-Wan to be giving that expression. But Again, uh, it, it's this idea in the manga where the expressions and the cartooniness can change from panel to panel to try to over-exemplify whatever the emotions are. That's why I'm not like harping on it. I'm going like, that's a thing. I, I, personally, it's not my thing, mm-hmm. so I'm just acknowledging it. But I, yep. you know, it, it's it's been consistent. Um, so we, yeah, get so the, we get, we get the, the Imperial them. troopers bring the scanning gear on board. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna then we get a they get a bap and a thap. <laughs> they're very quiet baps and thaps though. Very quiet baps and thaps, and then we get the whole bit with the doing that the communication and the helmets broken. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got a bad transmitter. I'll see what I can do. Yeah. yeah. 2K421. Why aren't you at your post? One of the things I do like is they this this comic uh, in in the manga style is capturing the 70s mulleted hair of these people. <laughs> the weird like feathered hair. Yeah. That's the reason everyone either had a mustache or a mullet was it was the 1970s. And one of the things I love about Star Wars is regardless of, and you still see this today, even in the most modern stuff, it still carries some of those aesthetics because it can never escape being born of the 70s. So there are intrinsic things to Star Wars that are just like, oh, that's not necessarily this world as much as it's just that was born of it being a product of 70s pop culture. And I find that very charming. Well, and it, the same goes for like the retro futurist aesthetic that we get sometimes inside of the spaceships and the technology that are that is used within Star Wars is like right. bigger and clunkier than like sleek, sexy sci-fi might be otherwise. For sure, yeah. Um, I love <laughs> this panel where this next panel where Chewbacca sends a guy, I don't know, two hundred feet into the air. I mean, he does a falcon punch and the guy goes flying off the screen. He Smash Brothers KOs this guy is what he's doing. It's here. like all of a sudden there's no ceiling on the show. Kabash! With a rog! Also, a very interesting thing here, a note about, I have this uh, in the... Uh, is the, the blasters are smoking? That's interesting. Yeah, and that's like kind of a trope that... Uh, from anime and manga as well, just like always make it apparent which gun was fired. Yeah, it's just I, it's the only time I've ever seen that really in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so yeah, uh, some more big expressions. This is a 
very panicky Luke Skywalker. Yeah, getting across this idea of just like, if you keep blasting everybody, no wonder they're going to find us. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, like I said, this is stuff we know so well. So seeing it translated into this other, not medium, but like art style and, and cultural approach to it is fascinating to see. Yeah, I think it gets across the the common complaint of Luke in A New Hope, right? Of just like, oh, whiny Luke is such a common refrain. Yeah. So when he's, giving... always just, he's always just pouring sweat in this town. <laughs> well, it, it adds to that nervous energy, the, the sweating laughter emoji being the kind of like anglicized version of that. But the, the common right. sweat drop coming off of a character is a... Right. Uh, it's that or like the, the little veins that appear inside their hair like you have with Han right there. Just like, that's a frustration uh, emoji on a face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. Uh, so we get R2 doing his business. He gets into the network. Uh, he's letting him know that there's a tractor beam. Um, I always forget every time I watch A New Hope just how often that movie stops to, like, show us schematics for a solid, like, 45 seconds. <laughs> that movie is weirdly paced. It's uh, There's a lot of stuff in it like that. Where when you watch again, you're like, oh, that's interesting that they're lingering on that because you remember the high beats of it and it actually seems like it's zipping along and then when you watch it you're like oh weirdly it like stops and drags in some places Mm -hmm. that that your brain just chooses to go like yeah right Uh, and then the comic just sort of just shuffles past it as well as a couple uh readouts here and obi-wan being like okay i can go turn this off you boys stay here and then when we turn the page, I really like this drawing of uh, of Obi-Wan very glorious being like, the Force will be with you. Always. Yeah. See, this is I've read ahead, so like this is going to come up as like a weird hypocrisy that we get later in the next issue of like a complaint we've had about previous adaptations of A New Hope is that later we'll have bits where Luke is hearing... Obi-Wan's voice and right. as a comic book reader if you were just experience, experiencing the story for the first time you wouldn't know where Luke is getting these voices from right 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 what this book is doing to help clue us into that early on is taking time to devote half a page to Obi-Wan looking cool saying the force will be with you always and I've been going back and rereading certain sections they're highlighting the lines and refrains that Obi-Wan will have later with more detailed panels of Obi-Wan as we've been going through the book to act as a refrain later for when he's speaking into Luke's mind that's a smart way to seed it without like immediately punching you in the face with it yeah um, so, like I said, it's going to read as hypocrisy when we talk about the next issue. But <laughs> uh, Also, though, this reaction from Luke is like, does Luke know Obi-Wan's about to die? Yeah, there's maybe a little bit of that here. A little bit of foreshadowing of Luke being like, oh, old man, that's what you say when you go off and you know you're not coming back. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and uh, Chewie's upset about it, too, because he says, wrong. Chewie looks so sad in that panel. I don't know why he's so upset. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, you said it, Chewie. Uh, yeah, there's 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 an interesting split there 
between uh, Han's reaction and what he's saying and what we're seeing the expression as. So, mm-hmm. and then boy, these two are uh, seem to be about to murder each other in this next panel, Han and Luke. Look at that. Uh, but then we have R two cutting in saying he's found her, and then we get this really anime girl panel of Leia. Oh. More anime girl than she's ever been in this. <laughs> she's like half a step from becoming Sailor Moon. Really close to that. Yeah, absolutely. Sailor Moon's got room on her team for, for <laughs> Sailor Alderaan. There you go. Actually, uh, that doesn't end well. <laughs> no. no, no. Uh, Luke, did, things get very cartoony on this whole next page, though. Not just the anime girl, but the, the literal light bulb of an idea that Luke has. Yeah, and then the, like, casual, innocent face, she's rich. Which, yeah, which does capture, actually, once again, in the anime style, captures the way Hamill does deliver that line in the movie. Well, she's rich. Mm -hmm. Rich. I love the incredibly serious expression on Chewie's face in that panel, too. Just like, what is even going on here? Yeah, (laughs) Chewie. Boy, talk about being expressionistic. Chewie doesn't really... Uh, have the physicality of Chewie the movies. They're really adding a lot more uh, humanity and like a hmm, like a Chewie scratching his head seems so <laughs> interesting. You say hmm, if if he had Just reading more work, yeah, if he had some reading glasses, he'd be like, tell me more. <laughs> anyway, here he is. He's now handcuffed. We skip over the putting the handcuffs on Chewie sequence from the movie. Yeah, we just jump straight to it. I don't know. I think it's a fine, like, cut to. Yeah. Um, but then they put the dialogue from that scene here where they're walking. The don't worry, Chewie. I think I know what he has in mind. Yeah. And I like Chewie's, like, oh, I don't want to be in handcuffs face. And you can tell he's really upset because he's exploding sweat off of his head. I believe, though. Yeah. But also in, like, that top right panel where he's, like, at rivers of tears. Once again, very emotional Chewbacca on this. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they, they go into the the elevators or whatever. I don't know if there's a term in Star Wars for what I would call a turbo lift in Star Trek. Sure. Uh, let's call them a uh, hyper lift. Sure. Star Wars loves to put hyper in front of stuff. <laughs> uh, we cut to this big, wide shot of the interior chasms of the Death Star. God, they need some railings in this place. <laughs> it is just a nightmare. It's like, well, we lost another 12 guys today to just falling into chasms. I have read, actually, a fairly decent theory as to why there are no handrails inside the, the Death Star. Which, what is it? It's because the Death Star was initially designed by the Geonosians, those mm-hmm. flying bug people from Attack of the Clones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so they wouldn't need railings. They can fly. Okay. So, sure. Let's take that as canon. That, that sure. Yeah, okay. And the Imperial engineers who took over the project after they exterminated all the Geonosians were like, we don't need to improve upon this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, see, that's where it loses me. Is like yeah. nobody thought. Let's get some handrails in here because yeah. <laughs> but one of the things I do think that the that the manga has been really strong at is are these giant pages that show the inner workings and mechanisms and the high detail on this stuff. Yeah. And shadowy Obi Wan sneaking around here looks really cool. Oh, like oh, a noir Obi Wan. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. I mean, that's the best part of Attack of the Clones, my opinion, is uh, Detective Obi Wan. 
Sure, sure, sure. Uh, cut two. We've got Darth Vader just walking around looking evil. <laughs> just the specter of death haunting this ship, man. Look at the way. this. You see this thing coming at you down the hallway? Good lord. Can you... It's it's something that has been oft commented on in like comedic takes on A New Hope. And one of my favorite Star Wars comics, Tag and Bink, also like uh, addresses this. It's just like the run-of-the-mill stormtrooper who has to deal with the fact that Darth Vader is just walking around has got to yeah. be like such a pants-shitting moment for just a work-a-day guy. It's <laughs> like, okay, okay, you're in this totalitarian regime sure you're like a, a hand of the empire but then like there's a literal dark wizard amongst you <laughs> right like clad in all black armor yeah. like, sure man it's bad enough to just be a cog in this horrible uh, oppressive machine but then you're like oh no we also have like the, d- the darkest most powerful magic amongst us right and He's like on our ship, I can understand from the point of view of just like the everyday imperial that like okay, the emperor is this guy who got brutally scarred when the Jedi tried to usurp power. If you yes. buy the whole imperial line, right, 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 right. But he is just an old man who sits on the throne, and from everyone like normal person's perspective, he's just a politician who seized control during a very climactic time what? during the Clone War. Like a lot of real life dictators and stuff, like, oh, people say stuff about him having sure. ability, but you don't ever see him really, or if right. you do, it's on a hollow screen or whatever. Like, but even like the lowliest technician that is stationed aboard the Death Star is just yeah. like, no, you don't get it. We had to drag a body out of the uh, like meeting room the other day because this guy just started choking because he upset yeah. Vader. <laughs> Well, I mean, or or imagine being the guy in the room where Vader is choking a guy over screen, like across a subspace link. And suddenly this guy just dies. You'd be like, oh, shit. If you're Nita and you suddenly got promoted to (laughs) a captain or whatever after your immediate superior gets killed from light years away. (laughs) Well, that's, I mean, that's the thing I do like, you know, once again, as a what little praise I have for something like uh, Force Awakens, but that moment when those stormtroopers just don't bother Kylo Ren when he says, just like, <laughs> not today. No, not no, today, no, no, man. No. And you know that shit was happening all the time with Vader. It's like, you know Lord Vader's in there. It's like, why don't we go check on something else and let somebody else talk to Vader, you know? Yeah, I, that, yeah that's... <laughs> it is, it, but it's so blasé most of the time when you have those meeting scenes or even like Krennic talking to him in Rogue One, they are still like, you are just, and there's no acknowledgement of like, we're in a meeting with a literal monster, like <laughs> an actual, by our understanding, supernatural force of evil. Right. <laughs> it's just like, no, we're just going to talk to him like he's more management. <laughs> so yeah, I do like this, just him stalking on the ship and then the like, hmm. Uh, so we get the two of them and Chewbacca getting into the uh, the, the face, detention level. The face on this officer in the detention level is fantastic. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah what is this crap? <laughs> Nobody told me about this. This guy is just this one line of a mouth, and you're just like, here's bureaucracy, and just like, well, I wasn't notified. I have to clear it. I need to see some paperwork. 
Yeah, on this next page, he is so grumpy. <laughs> I know. He's just like, oh, crap. Somebody probably screwed up, and now I got to fill out a form or something. <laughs> Uh, but then everything goes to hell uh, as Chewie breaks loose. Everyone starts shooting. Uh, I do really I, like that panel of everyone getting shot. The zat, 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 zat of all the lasers right. going off. Yeah. That stuff, that's the stuff I like where they lean into the sort of manga style to ca- the, the the chaotic violence of it and stuff like that. I think is really exciting and cool. And once again... As we've talked about, if you're gonna if you're if you're gonna like buy one of these adaptations, not that that's what you're tuning in for here, but I would say this is the one to have just in terms of like this is the most interesting artistic interpretation of it. Totally. Uh, what do you think of on this next page the whole like Han trying to buy time conversation that has been like totally skipped over in other interpretations? We've well, seen. it's one of my favorite moments in the movie, so I do like that they included it. Uh, and we're all fine. We're all fine. Uh, thank you. Fine. Everything's fine now. How are you? <laughs> I mean, you're never going to... I do like the way that they capture it, the, the attempt to capture it, because you're never going to capture what is clearly Harrison Ford improv, right? Like, right. just like... Uh, uh, so I, I, I'm glad they include it, and I think they, they, they do try to make an interesting thing the way the word bubbles cover the smoke and then kind of find Han and all the words surrounding him. Yeah. Boring conversation anyway. So, yeah, Luke, we're going we're gonna to have company. Uh, next page, we get to them finding Leia. Uh, she is Gaff. in... Oh, boy. Yeah, gasp and a heart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, every adaptation we've read of this have has leaned into the fact that the movies also really play this as farm boy meeting princess beginning of a romance because that is yeah. what the movie does. They, they are. I mean, I, I understand that is what they're doing. They are making this as if you truly only have the context of a new hope. Right. So right. they are doing nothing to adapt their future knowledge of the sequels, but it will never not be weird to see. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> So that's that's always what it is to me. I get I get what they're doing, but it's always like I'm gonna see that and go. Ooh. Uh, I love the cut here on this next page where he's like, "I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue. I'm here with Ben Kenobi." Cut to Tarkin, Obi Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff, man. That's good. Like a, a big thing we really uh, chided the last that Dark Horse. Uh, adaptation for is those transitions were really weird and awkward here they feel a lot more natural a lot more thought out in the yeah obi-wan kenobi what makes you think so yeah and we have this conversation between vader and tarkin and like that really keys you into how big of a badass tarkin is is just like okay he is an evil vader is an evil wizard stalking around this place and tarkin doesn't have time for his bullshit that's the thing that's cool about Tarkin is whereas stormtroopers are a little bit more like have to pretend not to notice, Tarkin does know the full capability of Vader and just doesn't give a shit. He's got other stuff to do, man. Yeah, something they've always danced around in canon as well is whether or not Tarkin is aware of who Vader was. Because right. like there's some precedence in the Clone Wars and other novels where like Tarkin worked with Anakin during the Clone Wars, because Tarkin was a military guy during that whole right. series of events. And so whether or not right. he's put together the fact that he became Vader is sort of always a little vague. 
But he certainly, at the very least, knows what this guy is capable of. Knows he's yeah. the super powerful figure, and just is still just like, dude. There's a million things on my mind. Whether or not this old Jedi's running around, that's your problem. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I really and I just I've continued to love their uh, their interpretation of Tarkin, where it's like it doesn't look like Peter Cushing, but it's capturing Peter Cushing's acting is great. Yeah. Um, the, the, like just the the ever pre- I don't think you ever see his eyebrows not at a full slant <laughs> or something, you know it is always at a 45 degree angle yes yeah it's great man I do like this it's one of my favorite uh, you know character renderings in this is their Tarkin of just like <laughs> bureaucratic evil incarnate and then the I must face him alone panel at the end of this so cool yeah look never Never lose an opportunity to have Vader's cloak swooshing as a black shadow across the page. You really get the sense of whether the whether it's an individual person or a group of people who are doing this. Every time they render Vader, there is such love for how cool and dark and you know powerful can we make this guy? And and I love that as yeah. somebody who likes a scary Vader, uh, I love seeing that. So. So we get a brief flash of Obi-Wan kind of like keying in on the fact that Vader's hunting him now. And then we're just straight back to the detention level and everything's exploding. And this this shootout with the stormtroopers as portrayed (coughs) is so much more extreme and violent than it feels. in the movie. (laughs) They really have turned it into this absolutely destructive battle. Good Lord. Yeah. Uh, We have explosions. We have crowds of stormtroopers. Some of them getting mowed down. Yeah. And it's just like and just this wall of laser blasts coming at them. <laughs> it really adds to the sequence that is in the movie uh, some back and forth shots with a handful of guys. Yeah. And in this one, like, literally the end of the corridor is nothing but, like, helmet outlines. Yeah. And then this whole the, which which really adds this whole conversation they're having about how are they going to get out of here when they're literally surrounded by a wall of fire, you know? Yeah. Uh, we have a quick cut back to R2 and 3PO being like, well, looks like there's no way out. And, uh-oh, there's people at the door. And then we cut back to Leia grabbing a gun, classically. Uh, yep. I'm going to have to be the one to figure out how to get out of here. Shooting the grate into the trash compactor and somebody having to save our skins. Yep, which is great. And and one of the most defining moments for that character <clears throat> in terms of her whole vibe and, and really making her... Uh, the character we love. And so, yeah, they capture that. And then they're out of there. And down they go. Something we don't really see in the movie. They just kind of end up down in the trash compactor here. But they really make it seem like this perilous vertical fall. Yeah. And, I mean, it would be, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because in the movie, it sort of feels like they go out a hole and then they slide into the trash compactor. Here, they make it seem like they're falling forever. Yeah. Uh, that whole like vertical slice we have on the left side of the page, I think, is really effective. Just like, like where one. are we gonna end up? Splash! And now they're in the trash. It's and garbage as, water, folks. It is garbage water. Chewie has got to just smell terrible coming out of this thing. God. But oh my god, I can't even imagine. <laughs> what does they, wet they, garbage Wookie smell like? Oh god, I just can't even. <laughs> like they, they they lose all sense of. Uh, uh, all, all sense of surprise by the fact that the stormtrooper <laughs> can smell him coming around a corner. You know, even the filters on their masks weren't built to cover oh. Wookie smell. Oh, God, what's that? Oh no! Uh, yeah. So, uh, 
They're in the garbage water. Sploosh. Um, Han tries to fire their way out. It doesn't work. It's again, so crazy and so much more violent than it is in the movie. It really seems dangerous, that laser bolt flying around. Uh, we get we get our first look at the... You know the name of this thing. I don't. What is it? I just call it the one garbage of these days, water. One of these days, John, I'll get it into your head. That This thing is called the Dianoga. Yeah, I. that's probably not going to happen, and that's okay. <laughs> it's the garbage monster. Uh, sure. <laughs> and this whole sequence is very Yeah, the good. Dianoga grabs Luke. Uh, I like the chain here, and it is in the movie as well, just like uh, Han going from calling him kid to call to calling him Luke is what happens mm-hmm. in this time. And in very manga fashion, the tentacles on this thing have become infinitely bigger and more dangerous. Well, look, there is a long, proud, well, maybe oh, not proud. There's a long tradition a long, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of, of tentacular manga. And we have to respect that, even if we don't necessarily personally appreciate it. Right, right. But it's, it's the, the second they introduced, the, when, as soon as they get to this scene, I, I immediately was like, they're really going to lean in on this, aren't they? Because I just know <laughs> the, the tropes of this art form and stuff like that. And yep, they don't linger or anything, but it is like when Luke comes out of the water, is like, oh my God. When the mountain of tentacles is burying Luke on the top left panel of that page and he's shouting, blast it. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a, a little bit more than just the one tentacle <laughs> that has him grabbed in the movie. Because <laughs> it's kind of an afterthought in the movie. Like, it's such a quick little beat of danger. Here, of course, it is this horrible monster. Right. And so, yeah. So so they pull Luke out of the water, out of the garbage yeah. water. Which, once again, poor Luke. Jesus, garbage water. Um, oh, yeah. You know he swallows some of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the walls start moving. They're going to be crushed. I... As much as I like a lot of the interpretations that this manga does, I think this scene, they don't do a great job of, like, conveying exactly what's happening. Um, well, I will say this weird cut to this low angle makes it seem like they're being crushed from above, not from the Yeah, side. yeah, that's it's what I was going It's just a weird angle on it, especially because we can't see motion, obviously, in a comic. Mm-hmm. So we're looking up, and they're even looking up like... And obviously the whole idea is they're looking up like this and this. Right. And it looks like they're looking, oh, God, it's coming down. It looks more like the uh, Indiana Jones uh, Temple of Doom thing where they're being crushed. Yeah. So... uh like I said, I think it's a minor note, but I think it's one thing that is really tough to convey in comics, period. Mm-hmm. And this comic, because it's excelled at so many other things in the adaptation, yeah. just stood out to me as just like, eh, it doesn't probably, quite work. It's, it's, just a, it's one of those things where it's just kind of an odd choice. Yeah. Uh, we get 3PO not being there because they're hiding in the closet. Stormtroopers bursting in. Uh, they're madmen. They've made it to the detention level. If you hurry, you might catch them. I feel like they're always, just because of the comic book and stuff like that, there are always more stormtroopers in every scene where there needs to be a group of stormtroopers. There's like five to 20 more stormtroopers in every beat in here, which I appreciate. Yeah. Uh, I, what do you, this scene has always bugged me, just because in later movies we'll always see that like universally the droids that are being used by the empire are painted like gunmetal gray or black or something so i feel like 3po would stand out like a sore thumb on the death star i think that's exactly right you never see uh even even honestly even in 
even in other rebel stuff, you don't see anybody quite as shiny as as three PO. And obviously, that's to stand him out as a main character. But like, even still, you'll get like more of a silvery sort of thing, or yeah, or a matte color of some kind. Right? Yeah, the three PO really stands out as being this just shimmering gold. So you you anywhere you just be like, what is this guy's deal? This robot seems, and obviously I said that because it's purposefully he is supposed to be better or more lovable or something than i mean he's a main character <laughs> right <laughs> he's, he's colored like a protagonist um sir we have a interesting protagonist we've found here and that uh, <laughs> but yeah it is it is like number, number one you just be you'd be blinded by the light coming off of him um so yeah they they uh they end up r2 saves them of course because the real hero of star wars always is r2d2 of course. Uh, so, yeah, we do get a good scene of the trash compactor walls, like, slowly coming yeah. in towards them. Uh, the, the, the That one I like, where they're really, like, crushed up against it. I think there they do a really good job of conveying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the frustrated R2 expressions uh, are one of my favorite things in this whole adaptation of just, like, giving R2, like emotion in a way that is conveyed more accurately in the movie with like his frustrated beeps and whistles and his kind of like right. jiggling motions uh but just like giving him angry eyebrows <laughs> over his uh, sure, uh, I mean, lens there it's something you can do in a comic that wouldn't make any sense in live action right yeah uh so they're they're saved no shut them then- all down and then, uh, then we're back to Obi Wan looking like a badass man. <laughs> I do love this like big. I don't even call it a splash page because it's like a vertical splash. What would you call yeah. this with like the thin vertical stripe of Obi Wan and then the big like power trench here? I don't know. I mean, it, it it's. Uh, I don't know actually what I would call this. I mean, it, it definitely. It's cool, is what I'd call it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, the splash page is as close as description as you can get to it. But yeah, there is something unique about it. Um, and once again, the uh, the 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 way that these chasms are drawn and stuff like that is so cool. And I also love the texture on Obi Wan's uh, robe. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's 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 because it's black and white. Obviously, as we know from the movie, it's just sort of a brown robe. But here, they give it its own vibe because we're in you know. Uh, monochromatic totally yeah uh it gives it kind of a a, old romance comic vibe which just sets obi-wan apart as like an older character from a different generation i think is i I think that's the thing that's exciting about this is this is trying to evoke the feeling of the movie as opposed to just trying to uh recreate what the movie looks like because that's where you're like why, why am i reading the comic adaptation i can just go watch the movie mm-hmm. rather than see someone just try to photorealistically draw i think that works better when you're doing stuff like the continuing stuff like in the jason aaron run and you're like oh well these are new adventures so putting my image of harrison ford makes sense more so yeah. than here where it's like be expressionistic about it and all of this stuff i like the once again having the longer format of the manga means we can show each detail of him shutting this down without having the, it feels like the book can flow a little bit better because you get all these. Uh, it you know, feels like some Ocean's Eleven shit here. Just yeah. like the different panels coming in with all of his different actions. Well, yeah. Well, it makes it seem like he's really having to do something as opposed to just like, and shut it down, you know? Right. <laughs> how Obi-Wan uh, knows how to do that is still always an interesting question, but that's okay. Eh, the force let him know. 
<laughs> yes, yes. Star Wars has the ultimate out of the Force, always. Right? Yeah. How did they know? Uh, well, the Force told them. We cut back to our heroes. Uh, interesting inclusion of the like Chewie sees a tentacle uh, thing that yeah. is like a deleted scene, right? Yep. Yeah. Which I don't even think was re-added in the special edition. I don't think it is. No. I've it's one of those things that I've seen, but I don't think I've you know not uh, not on the normal version when I watch it. So yeah, right. Normally in the the version I watch, like he hears a noise and Chewie gets scared, and Han goes, "Ah, oh, what are you shouting about?" and just fires into it. But there's no actual tentacle coming out. I don't think so. No. So, so ah, interesting yeah. inclusion there. But again, more extra tentacle in a manga is to be expected. <laughs> They're gonna get as much tentacle as they can in here, baby. Yeah. Uh, again, the classic ask of were Han and Luke wearing their uh, all of their outfits underneath that stormtrooper armor? Yep. And the answer is, yep. I guess. Yep. Yep. <laughs> sure, man. I guess. Uh, yep. Well, we got it. We got to get them back on model. Even in the movie, I mean, we have to get them back on model. <laughs> Look, uh, they changed outfits so we can have two separate toys. That's what we know. Oh yeah, and believe me, I had the figures of both of them in their Stormtrooper outfits and normal outfits. I'm sure you I think did. I still have Stormtrooper Han like hanging around somewhere like next to my comic book collection as just like a display piece. Yeah, I I I mine is somewhere. I still have it. It's somewhere in a that was the one that was a serial giveaway, remember? Yeah, 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 and the, like the helmet comes off and that's it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and it never came with a blaster, which always upset me, but that's all right. I took a blaster from <laughs> a blaster rifle from another Star Wars figure and put it on him. Of course. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was kit bashed. That was my early kit bashing. <laughs> early kit bashing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We get Leia laying down the law right here. Uh, she's the one in charge now. Okay. Uh, Han's oh boy, this, class. This face palm from Luke. Oh, boy. Because, <laughs> like, Han coming back at her is like, look, I take orders from just one person, me. Great Han it's a Solo wonder line. you're still alive, man. I mean that that it, that that whole exchange will set the tone for their relationship in all future movies, right? Yeah, hundred percent. That's the beginning of the entire Han and Leia dynamic, and I don't even think George Lucas realized that. I think that was really Kazan who seized on that when you get to Empire. Yeah, no, no reward, reward is worth this. Great stuff, man. <laughs> uh, love the beginning of this next page with just the thump thump of the stormtroopers coming. Yeah, I really like uh, the like hard cut in on Obi Wan eyes is always good in this book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's really um, some of that is the rendering. He really does have more of an action hero look to him than Alec Guinness. I mean, not that Alec Guinness doesn't look cool, but he definitely looks old man. He's a little bit more hard and he's a little bit more square jawed in this interpretation. Well, they're, they're going for the samurai look, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Larger eyebrows, intense eyes, but like the elder statesman samurai is a classic trope in these yeah. sorts of stories. Oh, totally, yeah. Uh, and obviously, that was so much of the the impetus for the character of Obi Wan. He's yeah. very much based on a Kurosawa character, sort of thing, you know. Um, Man, the whole like what if of like what if Toshiro Mifune had played Obi Wan? I know that oh. would have been really fascinating. Uh, it would have completely changed everything about it because it would have also meant, you know, our prequel Obi-Wan would have been a different actor. And Yeah, no, absolutely. Can I just pitch Donnie Yen is prequel Ooh. Obi-Wan because I think that, that age, be... like, fits pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Donnie Yen. I was thinking, like, Ken Watanabe. 
Mm, would he have been young enough when the prequels are being made? That would have been pre-Last Samurai. He wouldn't have been yeah, in just... They're, yeah. they're, he's about in the same age range as a Dunyan. It's just done. Donnie Yen has never aged. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That man is eternal. <laughs> I just, you know, you see him in John Wick Chapter Four, and you're like, you don't look any different than you did in Eatmon, like at all. I forget that he was like, wasn't he like late 30s, early 40s when Eatmon like came yeah. out? Because he'd already done like Iron Monkey ten years before that and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Donnie Yen's been around forever. Uh, he's just, yeah, the man is eternal. That's um, fair. No, yeah, that man, uh, I mean, look, we got Donnie Yen in Star Wars, and it was glorious. This is true. Yeah, uh, it all, all right. worked out, but yeah, uh, obviously. We get the, you came in that thing, you're braver than I thought. Yep, all good, Han's pissed. I Like I said, I do love all the, like, the, and I think that just has to do with them being having the 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 comfort of the, the buffer of it being a longer thing, is putting in the stormtrooper boots, Hans boots. It's just, they're doing more things to like flow the story and motion forward, which Mm -hmm. I think was, it doesn't have that hurry up already. Let's get through this. you actually feel like you're being carried from scene to scene in this comic. Yeah. Uh, We get the whole Han, like confronting the crowd of stormtroopers on this next page. (laughs) It's a very, uh, sitcom moment here when they are just like you, but I, huh? Or a Scooby-Doo almost, right? Like Han immediately just like uh, fucking acing this guy in the face. Pretty cool. <laughs> Pretty cool. But I don't think he actually kills any of them in the movie. I think maybe he shoots one of them. I mean, you get mm. that one of my favorite scenes when he's chasing the guy and he goes around the corner <laughs> there and he's just like, oh, fuck. Uh, well, we can basically get that here because like Chewie working to, to catch up, but Han charging down the corridor and then like screeching, literally screeching <laughs> to a stop. Very speed racer <laughs> And all the stormtroopers turning and going, grr. And there are, of course, three times as many stormtroopers as there are in the movie. <laughs> Look at that wall of them coming at them. Yeah. Which I like. You can, it's a drawing. You can do as many as you want. You don't have to hire extras now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> They're all coming. Uh, Luke and Leia are dashing around. They get to uh, the broken bridge. We get his Errol Flynn moment here. Uh, yeah, he's looking around. He thankfully has a grappling hook in his pocket. <laughs> that has always come out of nowhere and everything, but it's what you want, man. Oh, it's because he has the belt of a stormtrooper. No, I know, but why does that stormtrooper have a grappling hook? Well, uh, That's standard issue, John. All stormtroopers have grappling hooks. That's right, because we see them use them all the time and stuff. Um, yeah, and uh, so they... Uh, we get the for luck kiss, which is thankfully just still a kiss on the cheek in this one. It's, it's um, actually very... I was worried because of the heart thing earlier that I'm like, oh no. And we saw that be very tender in some of the other adaptations where you're like, uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah. No, I like that it's very chaste. Um... And then, yeah, we get them full on swinging. I love this like motion here. Great, great. The the them swinging across is fantastic. Um, I mean, that's something that a lot that both manga and anime and all the sort of Japanese art really has done a, an incredible job of is that conveying of fast motion. So much so that like it's just almost across animation now. The speed lines and stuff from anime, right? It just 
that's ubiquitous. I see that in everything because they just cracked how you do that. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, it, don't mess with if you nail it, you got it. No, it's like as soon as somebody, whoever did that first and stuff like that, everybody saw it and went like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what we've been trying to do this whole time. Some Japanese or Korean when animator. for When the background blurs and suddenly it becomes, whoa. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get them landing on the other side. Uh, cut back Stormtrooper's to Obi-Wan. Sweating through his helmet? Well, they're just very nervous because they're like, oh, man, we're not killing these teenagers. Someone's going to be pissed. <laughs> our uh, our Dark Lord is going to be so pissed. And so, yeah, Obi-Wan looking like a badass once again. Uh, uh, once again, great Han Solo running, open the blast doors, surrounded by... And then this super cool movie, definitely does not do in the movie, that is a super badass action move where he leaps through the middle section of the closing door. Yeah. With like the flying kick. And I think in the movie, he's just kind of like hopping over it as it's slowly closing. Yeah. Here, this is, well, I would never expect, I mean, like you would really have to do this now with like CGI. So, but like, it's such a cool moment for Han here. Yeah. Uh, and then we get oh, the confrontation scene between Obi-Wan and Vader. This is the best part of this issue. I Agreed. absolutely love this section of the book. The the Leone-esque close-up on the eyes, man. Yeah. <laughs> the circle is now complete. Yeah. And we get to this next page. We get Darth Vader just straight face down. I love the the samurai pose we get for one. Obviously, they're taking liberties at this part of the movie. Oh yeah. Um, well, and and, and and this is where you can because, like I said, yeah. the movie is pretty stagey, uh, mm-hmm. and it's it's my favorite Obi Wan line in the movie is when uh, when I left you, I was but a learner. Now I am the master. Only a master of evil doth. Love yeah. it. Always love that line. And yeah, he's literally he's doing the. <laughs> they're on a metal floor, but somehow. He's made a boot mark in the sand. <laughs> uh, I think that's supposed to be Vader's lightsaber, actually. Is that Vader's lightsaber that we're seeing? Oh, it is, isn't it? Well, yeah. I read it. No, oh, but you're right. But it does read as that samurai movie yeah. shifting. I, I don't think that's unintentional. No, because uh, you wouldn't place that there. But it, yeah, now you're right. That was the first thing I read it as, is the sort of evocative. And we do see these close-ups to the feet shifting and stuff, which, once again, is a very Kurosawa Sort of as everybody's striking their poses. Mm-hmm. Very samurai, which is Vader awesome. Vader coming out, cape flared. Meanwhile, Obi-Wan still hasn't drawn his lightsaber. That's just like classic samurai, last one to pull their sword bit yeah. is just so good with Obi-Wan here. Well, I mean, I, mean, I mentioned the, I mean, it's interesting because I mentioned the Leone thing. Well, Leone was inspired by Kurosawa. Kurosawa mm-hmm. also inspired Lucas, as did Leone. So you've got this sort of you really see in this comic, like all the influences that make star Wars and yeah, that, and then just, Oh man, I would, the, the, them, just this panel of them clashing. I would love to have this as a print. Yeah. This just like vertical slice of Vader, vertical slice of Obi-Wan's face, vertical slice of the lightsabers clashing. And then the big wide of them passing each other, like the classic samurai thing. We're very going to have their swords drawn. Oh, it's, so good it's really good (laughs) yeah for those joining us on youtube you can see the full big uh splash here but it is just this big two-page spread and yeah i would love to have a big print of this on a wall that's it it really screams of of uh of deserving of that 
and then yeah and then we're just in tight for close up close up and and yeah the 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 weird panel design that they're like tilted and sliced up and you know it's it's so evocative well, because the motion lines are also serving a dual purpose here of they're conveying the speed at which things are happening, but also conveying the strokes which they're doing yeah. with the lightsabers without actually showing the motion of the lightsaber. But they're still conveying like the violence and the motion that are occurring even while we're tight on a face. It's there's, mm. there's such confidence and detail in this that was so missing from that last adaptation that really did feel like, come on. This feels like every line is so lovingly crafted and so thoughtfully put in. I think that's why the couple moments where we've pointed out, which are very few and far between, where things have felt not as well done in here, stand out simply because the, so much of this is so incredibly well rendered and, and thought out. And yeah, this is, this is the coolest interpretation I've seen of this fight. This next page where we have the, like the Vader coming down on Obi-Wan and him holding the sword up and just the light sparking from where the lightsabers are meeting, streaking across Vader's shadow and across Obi-Wan's form. This giant, you know, black cloud coming down on him mm -hmm. um, is fantastic. So, yeah, they're clashing. Yeah. I love this bit on the next page where Vader's blocking. We still got the speed lines and then the cut in tight on Vader where we lose the speed lines for a second and we get the line, your powers are weak, old man. Well, I do like the split between your powers are weak, dot, 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 old man. Yeah, and then a shift back to the violence. Like, it gives such a sensation of just like, and the action pauses for a second, and then we're back to it. Absolutely. And then, of course, if you strike me down, I should become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. And, like, in this shot here, we have Obi-Wan delivering that line with just, like, the slight smile on his face and the crinkle of his eyes. And, look, the lightsaber is curved here to replicate a katana, but I will forgive it that because, <laughs> man, this is cool. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, no, it, it's it's very cool. And I like that, that, that cut, in, cut in for the smirk because it's very much indicative of what Obi-Wan is saying, which is basically just, like... Even if you kill me, I'm going to win. Like, yeah. you can't win this fight, mm -hmm. which is so cool. And so, also, that smirk is so key to, especially, that's something Ewan McGregor really latches onto in his performance as Obi-Wan, right? Is there's always this, like, people talk about the, the Obi-Wan snark, right? The Obi-Wan bitchiness is that sort of thing where it's like, what are you going to do? You can't win. And it's almost just like, <laughs> <laughs> you idiot, don't you see? Even if you kill me, I'll become more powerful. I mean, it's the whole thing in uh, Revenge of the Sith, right? When he leaps down and it's the classic, hello there, hello as he's there. like surrounded by guys. But <laughs> it, it's one of the reasons he's one of my favorite characters in the franchise is because of that attitude of just this guy's like, all right, what are we doing here, gentlemen? Like, uh, you know. <laughs> he's just, there's such confidence in him where it's just like, you don't see that you're fucked. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I love about Obi-Wan. And so, yeah, and so they're, they're, God, yeah, every moment of this is so cool. The shifting of the feet uh, continues in here. Um, and then, the yeah. Vader like, charging, you should not have come back. And then just going to the blast of light and the zash. And that's a good cut back to our heroes as they're trying to get back to the Falcon. Transitions in this, A plus yeah. on the transitions in this comic, no question. Uh -huh. And so, yeah, so they're getting back to the Falcon. 
and I also like the the Zash, and then just the the pulling out to the uh, to just the ceiling of the hallway, and the sounds of them fighting, implying like, okay, that's happening over here, and we're moving, moving over here. Right. So we are immediately keyed into the fact that the fight is happening within earshot, at it's least still, of our heroes. So yeah, when we get to the next page, and it's the intercut between bits of the fight bits of our heroes like noticing the fight we immediately have an idea of what's going all on. these close-ups with just hands on the hilt of the lightsabers and the blades clashing and then now the stormtroopers turning being like what <laughs> i i will never get tired of a stormtroopers going huh <laughs> what what because what they're seeing is this epic duel that in no yeah. way represents or no way captures what's actually happening on screen in the movie but oh. is Everything we yeah. want out of an Obi-Wan Vader duel. Oh, God. Well, there's, I'm sure people are, if you're watching this, you've seen that YouTube thing where they redid the fight and it's super epic and they're jumping off of walls and stuff. God, that yeah. was cool. Right. Uh, and they and tried to, like, uh, deep fake uh, his Obi-Wan's like face that. onto yeah. uh, a different, yeah. more recent actor. And yeah, that fight's pretty cool. Obviously, it was done with, like, a limited budget and, like, there are some janky looking CG bits in it, but. For the most part, I think it's a really fun reconstruction of like what we would like a lightsaber duel between these two to look like. And I think this comic does something similar. Because I remember even as a kid, always going like, oh, well, okay, that's that's how that clash happens. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's something the Obi-Wan show tried to do as well. It's just like, okay, we got to deliver on what this duel uh, that, that we never duel. quite got in the movies would be. That Obi-Wan duel, and uh, Obi-Wan-Vader duel in Obi-Wan was just super epic. I mean, I'm always a sucker. And it's happened twice now in canon of, like, Vader's mask getting fucked up. So it's oh, the messed up eye underneath. And I just saw a thing. I was just watching a thing recently because, uh, I mean, look, I don't even have to say it. We host a YouTube show about Star Wars because I'm a nerd. I was watching a thing with the sound editors and designers of that sequence talking about how they filtered and where they were choosing to make James Earl Jones voice or Hayden Christensen's voice as mm. the speaker box is malfunctioning. And you're like, God, that's so cool. Once again, that oh. I just love that, that detail. The, the, and, the, the and if you're a Star Wars nerd like us, like that is the sort of thing you're thinking about. It's like, yeah. oh, and Anakin's voice emphasized on this word, and Vader's yep. voice is emphasized on this word. And that was the thing was these these people from Skywalker Sound were just like, oh, you know, we do all this stuff, but like, oh, when we get to do a Star Wars thing, it's a whole different world than what we get to think about. Oh, they were they were it was people like us who work on that, so that that's always nice to see. So then we cut to this next page and we get the full like them clashing moment that is yeah. the promise that all these other characters are seeing. Yeah. And then the the stormtroopers running, we're starting to build this tension that once again is something that really a movie more often has the ability to do. But this comic is really creating, even if it's not directly following the movie's like editing structure it's building its own editing structure so i love the stormtroopers running and we're just getting the sense of these last several pages are just building this thing like oh wait all these things are coming together in the same space and it's really well done yeah uh we get the luke turning back scene we have obi-wan noticing him uh what do you think of this like final expression of luke here and uh, Obi-Wan, like, seeing him and kind of accepting his fate moment. I like it because it's actually, it's it's not that cartoony. 
which this which has been sort of my issue with some of the bigger moments here. I like the moment of serenity for Obi Wan and the closing of the eyes. You know, it's 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 evocative of what that moment is meant to feel like in the movie. And then I love the panel of him, which has always been, you know, a huge uh, a debate among Star Wars fans. Is <laughs> does he like disappear into the Force because? Vader doesn't like kill him with the lightsaber. He, like he's disappearing as Vader is cutting through, right? Yeah, and it's something that like larger canon has always sort of danced around of just like okay, well, because when a- the, the answer is it Lucas didn't know and so we're having to retroactively figure it out, right? Right, exactly. And so like we see in Return of the Jedi when Yoda essentially just like passes of natural causes in that film mm-hmm. he just disappears as soon as he his body ceases to function right. so it's this idea that like when a jedi reaches a certain point and has trained himself in a certain way uh to become one with the cosmic force upon their death and it's something they can even sort of attain pretty quickly in certain instances look we'll talk about like the redemption of vader when we get to that in these books at length i'm sure but right the idea that like they basically sacrifice their entirety into the force is why the body disappears and so there's a moment where they can kind of choose to do that uh is something that different canons have played with we see it with yoda we see it with luke and last jedi yeah. You know, we but like, but we don't see that with Qui Gon. So, but also we know that they weren't, we weren't dealing with like Force ghosts and stuff. And Qui Gon, like in the afterlife, kind of found his way back. Isn't that sort of what's implied? How deep do you want me to go on this explanation? Well, I mean, you know, we don't we only have so much time, but uh... I, the idea, and it's like alluded to in. Revenge of the Sith, because Yoda mm-hmm. has that line at the end of the movie to yeah. Obi-Wan, is right. like, an old friend has found his way back through the Force, is this idea that, like, okay, yeah, basically, Qui-Gon figured it out after death, with right. Yoda's help, to a certain extent. Right, because Qui- we're supposed to think Qui-Gon's, like, the first Force ghost, really? Uh, As we know uh, it, at least? Chronologically? yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Like a, as the live action is presented to us. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. But we also get his like force echo slash ghost in some of the Clone Wars stuff as well. Yes, that's true. But, but whether then, or not that's actually a force ghost is up for debate. Well, because then it's a big deal when his force ghost does show up at the end of Obi-Wan. And it's like that's yeah. clearly like that hasn't really been seen before. Obi-Wan is surprised to see him. Right. Well, well, because everything in the Clone Wars is sort of written off as just like, well, and that was a weird hallucinogenic experience. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I have no. <laughs> the answer is, as with a lot of stuff, it's kind of whatever you want it to be to a certain extent. In Star Wars canon, are Force Ghosts a thing before the events of the movies? Yes. Right. Chronologically, as the movies present them, is, or movies and TV shows, is Qui Gon's the first Force Ghost we are presented with? Yes. I don't know, man. <laughs> the answer is, like with all Star Wars, and it's always this thing that I feel like, I feel like you and I are pretty good about this, and some people are, you know, it's their own, but it's just kind of like, there always has to be some knowledge that this is a thing, this is a film and TV franchise, 
that is being added to it. It's the same way I feel about Star Trek, too, where they're like, when people try, there's always the Klingon thing. It's like, no, the answer is because they had more money to do better makeup. You don't need to try to explain <laughs> away why. It's fine, you know? I, I, I know people who are upset about the new design of the Gorn on Strange New Worlds. It's like, it's because we have better technology now. Like, that's why they look like that. That That's what the Gorn should have looked like in the 60s. They just couldn't do it. You know, it's right. It's fine, you guys. Uh, speaking anyway. of what they look like, I love Luke's reaction shots here on this great. panel as we, like, great. get the slow push into his reaction. So great. Uh, love all that stuff. And then pull out to the... It's like, it's like the comic goes into this thing where it's like suddenly the whole world goes away. It's this white background of Luke's reaction. And then you turn the page and boom, we're back in the action of it for the no. And there's stormtroopers and people shooting and Luke freaking yeah. out and Vader tippy-toeing his way into <laughs> the Obi-Wan robes. Mm-hmm. Where do you go? Well, and that's another thing too that I think adds to even Vader's like, what the fuck just happened? Right. <laughs> Uh, and shooting. Yeah, we do get him like a little bit more emotional in this than he was in the <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, well, because <laughs> an actor doing that would be wild. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Unless we're in Point Break. <laughs> Point Break is almost a manga. Uh, let's be honest, um, <laughs> which is what I love about that movie. That movie is purposely so wild. It's, I mean. Uh, Point Break and Face Off is the big one. Face Off is 100% mm-hmm. a manga or anime in live action. <laughs> totally. Everything is so broad and huge in it. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, so we're, we're, we're shooting. I like all this stuff. This maybe goes on a little too... Like that Luke really has an exchange with the Stormtroopers here that's, that's a little bit longer than it is in the movie. But when we get I think to we the- just linger on a little bit longer. I think in like real time it lasts about the same. Um, but the Falcon taking off when we get to that page looks epic. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of, because in the movie we have Obi-Wan's voice here saying, run Luke. And yeah. they don't include that here. But what they do have is this vertical stripe of like Starfield and these like little bubbles of like thought over Luke. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, think that's supposed to represent just like this cosmic moment where the universe is telling him to get the hell out of there yeah um i yeah i don't know i don't really have a strong opinion about it that's right uh it i mean it, it it's once again i think it's trying to get at what we've been talking about uh how do you do it in a way that's not just like what the hell is that voice when you're just looking at it on the page yeah um, uh, but yeah the falcon taking off here is pretty great and the stormtroopers being like blown back from the engine exhaust of it so cool mm-hmm. uh this big vertical slice page we get next that is just like the falcon taking off from the death star is this cool huge wide shot and the way it's punching in in each panel so it's like wide and then in and in in on the falcon is cool mm-hmm. and look i'm never gonna not love the falcon tearing away like that's always just gonna be you know the millennium falcon is so near and dear to all of us but god damn it just it's always epic to see. And then, yeah, and then all this stuff here as they continue to <clears throat> build these these <clears throat> these slice panels as the Falcon is taking off is sort of the main splash page. Great. Coming up on their sentry ships. Uh, Luke being sad. Uh, we're not out of this yet. <laughs> uh, cartoon Chewie going, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> 
Chewy Chewy is my biggest problem with this. And See, I understand. and he's one of my favorite parts of it. Oh, but <laughs> I love cartoon Chewy. But he's just, I don't know, he re- it's it's interesting, but it really I don't know, robs a lot of Chewy for me. It really makes him this like goofy sidekick character to me that he isn't in the movie. But, you know, mm. I I understand once again, I understand it from why it's doing. But then, you know, that's something we got. You can't be sad, buddy, because we got to go. We're in the middle of the action now, and we're going to gear up and go to the gun turrets. And the gun turrets are really epic. Yeah, the the verunk as the, the gun turrets coming up. Yeah. Um, with the Once TIE again, fighters coming in with Baraka, Baraka, Baraka. Yeah, I mean, the, the the all the action in this is so well done. And the explosions of fire all around the ship as they're blasting them. And then I love the they're coming your way, you know, pew, 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 pew. just implies this huge everybody screaming. And it, once again, <laughs> this book is very good at conveying the chaos of battle. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've got the, the ship tumbling around. We've got laser blasts. We've got 3PO being thrown around. 3PO uh, gorged, apparently. <laughs> like well, that's a minor explosion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and we're shooting. This is one of my favorite parts of the movie too. I love this whole exchange of of battle. Yeah, don't worry, she'll hold together. Come on, baby, hold it together. <laughs> the best one of the best. Once again, another like defining uh, Han Solo moment of like uh, <laughs> of of his fronting, right? Like uh, which mm-hmm. is part of the character. Everybody's shooting. There's more blasting. I mean, this this goes on for a while, uh, and then the it ends on this close up. Of uh, the Imperial TIE fighter pilot. Yeah, we get the don't get cocky kid line. We have uh, quick punch-ins on basically all of our characters except for 3PO. And then, yeah, the the close punch-in on like the, the, the TIE pilot. And the issue ends there. So we're mid-dogfight is where part yeah. three ends. Uh, really we talked a lot in these adaptations about the pacing. Where do you think this falls in terms of like where to end a part three? Well, I like that they that they they found that because I thought like, oh, are they going to end? As I was reading this last night, I'm going, okay, are they going to end with them leaving the Death Star, and that would be a natural place? But they found this way to, and then I'm like, oh wow, they're going to do this Tie Fighter battle. It's so interesting. But then they found a way to kind of split that in half and make this a cliffhanger, which I think makes sense in terms of this as an ongoing like pick up issue four. I mean, assuming you don't know what's going to happen, but just like if right. you're looking at this as I think this really works because we know the next section is going to be going to Yavin 4 and the eventual assault on the Death Star. But they found a way to still create a cliffhanger within knowing they chose to just extend it a little bit and find that place. So I think it's really smart. I think in terms of comic book storytelling, it's very smart. Can you believe that by the third issue of the special edition adaptation, we were halfway through the trench run in this issue. I know. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> Insane. That, the, the, of the three adaptations we've done, that has the worst choices of where to break the story. <laughs> yeah. Really some of the most, And like, but like illogical stuff where it's like, guys, look at story. Like, there's no reasoning to anything. Mm-hmm. It, just no. felt, it just felt so slapdash. That whole book felt so slapdash. I like this ending here for a part three as well. Uh, we are not quite out of danger, uh, but we know that the last issue is just like going to be completely devoted to the the Death Star and its ultimate destruction. I think that's yeah. perfect. 
Absolutely. No, I think I think them arriving on Yavin is a good place to begin the next issue. But like I said, backing it up just slightly so that we can have this sort of cliffhanger like, will our hero survive? Which is also very necessary, not only from a comic book standpoint, but it's very true to Star Wars and it's sort of old movie serial cliffhanger totally. structure. So I think it's really I think it's really well done. I, I thought I think every breaking of this has been very smart. The pacing yeah. of this is so much better than what we saw the last time we did an adaptation. Yeah. And again, we can't reiterate this enough, but like having 80 something, 70 something pages to do this is Huge. obviously a blessing to this book. Huge. And that's, you know, that that is that, but it's like they didn't have to do the other one in four. You know what I mean? Like they chose <laughs> to do it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, well, so that wraps this up. We'll finish up next week then with our issue four. Yeah, issue four of the Star Wars manga is coming up next week. Uh, we'll be wrapping up this adaptation, probably our last straight adaptation of A New Hope, honestly. Uh, yeah. We've got one or two others that are, like, slightly more off-kilter, but this is definitely mm-hmm. the last, like, more one-for-one one, uh, well, I'm glad we. I'm glad we finished here because it is the most unique. It is the taking the biggest chances. So we sort of saw what is the very traditional adaptations and we're ending with the the a little bit more artistic you know interpretation of it totally uh, uh yeah well i want to make sure people if, if you enjoyed the content here make sure you like comment subscribe ring that bell for notifications and head over to our patron page that's podbean uh, patron.podbean.com slash punch up there you can get cool exclusive bonus content from all the shows here on the punch up entertainment network Absolutely. That includes shows like uh, The Action Shelf. I believe there was just an episode where you and I talked about a, uh, uh, let us call it a a, uh, fairly flat Bruce Willis movie from the uh, late teens. A a somewhat recent flat Bruce Willis movie? Never. (laughs) Well, look, uh, Agent Stabler was there to really uh, throw a curveball into things. Yeah. so if you if you enjoy that kind of content, you can check that out. There's also Campbell and Jones Meet the Monsters, where we're talking about old monster movies. There's of course your podcast, Material Components, Gurgoni, where you're playing through a uh, role playing game that's Dungeons and Dragons like in the Kleenex uh, sense of the term. <laughs> it is the Band Aid and or Kleenex of Dungeons and Dragons, insofar as it is a completely different system in a science fantasy setting of. Uh, well, if you're a fan design. of Star Wars, you probably would enjoy that. Absolutely, yeah. It's got a bit of a Star Wars bent to it. Uh, I will not say that I was not inspired by the f- f- franchise I love the most. Um, well, I also do <laughs> the most sci-fi things. It's almost impossible not to bring up Star Wars, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and uh, like you said, like, comment, and subscribe below. Uh, let us know, are there any adaptations that we've missed of A New Hope? Uh, if there's one out there that we haven't covered, we're not going to be doing the novelization. Let's not Crazy, no, 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 no. We are, we are, we are a comics podcast. Uh, that's going to be pretty boring if we just put up images of pages of a comic um, <laughs> or of a novel. Um, I'm sorry, of a novel is what I mean. Yes, but yeah, I don't. Words. If there are any other comic book adaptations that we've missed, please let us know in the comments below. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, that it will do it for this week's episode. I am Mike Ragoni. I'm John Campbell. And may the panel be with you. 